Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the show where two lifelong friends torture each other by trying to find the absolute worst movie streaming on the internet. And joining me today, as always, we got Adam Myros here. Oh, season finale. It's a big one. Season finale. It is. It's all come down to this. Two movies. Only one will emerge. And uh, yeah, whoever's movie it is, that's going to be our season champion. Um, which I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and claim victory right now. I know all the votes haven't been tallied, but uh, we know who the real winner is. I might have to uh, file a, <laughs> a challenge in the courts here. <laughs> Also joining us, our uh, impartial third-party arbitrator, uh, Stephen Coleman. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Just got to count all these votes. Yeah. Watch out for the hanging chads, buddy. That's a, that's a good uh, 2,000 little uh, joke there for you. Bad things are happening <laughs> in Milwaukee, I've been told. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that we're starting a little bit late today, too, but um, I, was, I was busy committing voter fraud on a large scale. Um, you know, in, in Milwaukee, I put a lot of cardboard over windows. I was kicking out Republicans from overseeing the ballot process. Um, I was just changing. So I just had a Sharpie and I was just circling Joe Biden's name on everything. So yeah, looks like it worked. Feeling good about our chances. Now I fuck shit up. All right. Well, enough about my hobbies. I guess, uh, we should, we should probably go over the rules one final time. Cause as we said, this is the season finale. It has all come down to this. So, Myros, let the people know what the rules are. The rules, as, as we have them, are that we're only allowed to use what a streaming service provides us. Uh, if they give us a trailer, well, that's a benefit. But sometimes you're just blind blind. Uh, we also try and expunge any found footage from our lists. Uh, it's just too samey. People get bored with that sort of stuff, including me. And we also have what we, we call the Godfrey Ho Clause, uh, which is to say... One director, once you've used them, they're out the door. And it also can't be anything either of us have seen before. We want to keep these things fresh for us and you, the listeners. So uh, that's the extent of our, our grand set of rules. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I guess we're just going to have to jump right into things here because this is the season finale, and I feel like we, we both came out swinging. Um. One person in the direction of Protestant boredom and the other in the direction of, uh, satanic ineptitude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, why don't we start with, Myros, if you don't mind, let's start with a little movie that I picked called Strango the Clown. Yeah, I don't mind. I think there's quite a bit to discuss about the old Strango. The <laughs> that's not the name of the oh, movie, by the way. No, what what is the full name of the movie? Because that's you're right. That's <laughs> the full name of the movie is the Tales of Strango the Clown. Uh, the Gilly Guts, the Chronicles of Gilly Guts. That's what it's called. Okay. <laughs> well, we we have this movie starts off really strong because there's a lot of issues even with getting the title right because if you go to IMDb it's listed as like you said the tales of strango the clown colon the chronicles of gilly guts and uh we'll get into why that's an issue too because i, I don't actually know who gilly guts is 
Uh, so I don't understand why this is his chronicle. But um, if you go over to Amazon Prime, where we stream this from, it's actually just called The Tales of Strango the Clown. You don't get the Chronicles of Gilly Guts. But in the time between when I chose this movie and we are recording on a Saturday and I chose this on like Wednesday, okay? In that period of time, The Tales of Strango the Clown, the original version that was available when I found it on like Tuesday night, um, that's been taken down. So now we have The Tales of Strango the Clown director's cut, which has been re-uploaded. Now, and, here's and the, the problem with that. The new version is also The Tales of Strango the Dot Clown. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. It's The Tales of Strango the Dot Clown, parentheses, director's cut. Oh, but it's, it's not apostrophe S. It's just like director's plural cut. It's a lot, but I feel like Erwin Douglas, who was our, our star, our director, our producer, our writer... I feel like he he kind of like he saw the original Strango go down and then he immediately got this director's cut back up under a different name, possibly to protect it from getting ripped down again. I appreciate what he's doing out there. Um, anyway, this is it's something. Let's start, I guess, with the description that Amazon gives us. <clears throat> so Lawrence Strangio Del Rio and this is important, too, because you look at this and you go, oh, Tales of Strangio. No, it's Strango. <laughs> Lawrence Strangio Del Rio was a high-powered executive who lost it all. Battling insanity, he takes a clown gig as Strango the Clown. While working as a stand-up comedian for The Dark, Web's, uh, the Dark Web, a series of events leads him to commit over 28 grisly murders. Not 30, but over 28. Strango narrates his sick, bloody, twisted, sad journey in the only way Strango can, dot, 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 with dark humor. Um, okay, great. So you read this and you watch the trailer and you say to yourself, well, this looks like just kind of a shitty clown horror movie made for $5. And in a sense, it is that a little bit. But it, that doesn't really tell the whole Strango story. So I guess if I was going to break it down, this is essentially a one-man show. I think there are there are three stars listed on the Amazon page, Erwin Douglas, Shannon Gardnick, and Stacey Egerton. And those might be the only three people in the entire movie, uh, in a sense. So this is one-third horror film, like grisly clown murder film. Um, well, here's the thing. Does he ever kill anyone dressed as a clown? I don't think so. No, he doesn't actually. No, you're right. So he's just a murderer who moonlights as a clown. My mistake. So one third kind of murdery. And it's a, it gets into some like weird found footage stuff too. But that's a whole nother thing. And it's not really. But uh, God, I'm trying to explain this. So one third horror, one third just stock footage, like actual stock footage that he bought and just put in this movie. And then one third stand-up comedy special in front of a green screen with a laugh track. Is that, is that the ratio more or less? I, I don't even know if it's a green screen. I think it's just, he's standing in front of these different, like, like zoom backgrounds. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Or like those like, 
Or like those vinyl things that you oh, yeah. like hang on the wall for like a theme party. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or like when you when you were a kid in elementary school, and you'd you'd get your school picture taken, and they would pull down the different backgrounds, like on the you know, and there's like, oh, I want the laser beam one or whatever the fuck. It's that, but it's like, oh, here's a fireplace, here's a spooky skull background. I don't fucking know. Um, but even breaking it down like this, and this sounds weird because. It, it truly is. It's, it's kind of a horror movie, but not really. And then there's at least 30 minutes of just straight stand-up comedy. <laughs> but the stock footage is really fucking me up. Because I, I don't know. I, I want to see what this script looks like. Because it seems like, I don't know if he chose the stock footage after the fact or before or if he just had a rough outline, but it seems like based on the stock footage that he could obtain, that is how he like wrote the script. So all the parts starring him, and he is the only person on screen for 95% of this movie, like only real person, um, but, but he's just reacting to stock footage. So he'll be like, oh baby, why'd you wake me up so early? And then like, Cut to stock footage of a woman opening curtains, letting sunlight into a bedroom. Cut back to him <laughs> reacting again. It's like, what the fuck is going on? It's completely bonkers. Just fucking mental. I have never seen anything like this. Now, there is a long and storied history of horror films using stock footage. Especially if you go back to 1970s, 1980s, you have all these, you know, like Italian schlocky horror movies that would just take you know, a bunch of uh, like National Geographic style footage and then re-edit it into like an animal horror movie or re-edit it into a, a zombie movie or something like that. There's a long history of this, but the stuff that he's using, it's so jarring because he's shooting with like just a consumer grade average Joe like GoPro type of fucking setup. And then it switches to some of the horror stuff that looks like it was shot on a Motorola fucking Razor flip phone. And then it switches to this, like, 4K resolution, like, stock footage that half the time it's in slow motion and shit. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, very overwhelming. And very difficult to watch. Yeah. Coleman, what, what, did you, what did you think of this one? I've been puzzling together a, th a theory of what he was trying to do. And I feel like it starts off with him trying to recreate the experience of actually being online and watching this movie. And it's, he keeps mentioning this is part of the dark web. And like, it starts with that weird, like play the game. Where's your wife? Mm -hmm. uh, saying this out loud. Now, anybody <laughs> listening to this might be very lost, but trust me, even if you watch it, you'll still be lost. But it feels like he was like, we were like watching these like videos before his like stand up starts. Like, is that supposed to be like ads that pop up on YouTube before you get to the real content? So I initially thought that. I thought, okay, this is very weird artistically, but I guess it'll work. But then it just totally falls off the rails. And I actually had a question Do all crimes committed do all murderers have police videotaping them <laughs> i i was gonna bring that up because i don't understand this part so 
once we learn that that like Strango is into murdering, um, we we get all this footage and. Before the footage of each murder, Strango's like, yeah, and then my seventh wife, she was a real <laughs> hoe, so I had to stab the hoe out of her. And then it cuts to just really, really grainy, like, cell phone footage of him. And by him, I mean Erwin Douglas, writer-director star, not dressed as Strango. And it'll be, like, walking through a dark house with a knife or whatever. And it's, it's all this, like, it's not, like, first person, okay? So... Then a, a thing pops up and it goes, warning, this is police footage of a murder, so it's tough to watch, better watch out. <laughs> okay, so it's like a police tape. But it's not from the perspective of, of like, Strango. So normally with this found footage stuff, when you have found footage, the movie is acknowledging the camera. Like, the camera becomes part of the film itself. And here, the movie doesn't do that. We're getting a cameraman like shooting Erwin Douglas murderer, or I'm sorry, Lawrence Strangio Del Rio murdering people, but it's not from a first person's perspective. So it's like, who the fuck is shooting this murder? And then the way it's framed, it's like, it makes it seem like the cops are just like shooting this guy fucking murdering people. I, I, I don't know. Wait, wait a second, Steve. Are, are you suggesting this is a found footage movie? I think we may have to disqualify no, 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 you no. from competition. I am not. I am saying it. it wants to be. It actually, at points, it tries to be, but it's so inept that it can't even do that right. It can't even nail the perspective of found footage <laughs> to be found footage. It's just doo-doo. And then also because, and I think this is because the, um, the murder sequences are, are shot on a much lower resolution, but he puts these like After Effects filters over it, and then this dumbass like framing of fake like film stock on the sides you know it's kind of that that grindhouse uh, uh you know, fake effect we saw this with yeah. the strip club slasher yeah, yeah last episode sad. flashbacks yeah flashbacks that's good stuff uh, so that looks horrible and but that all, even the special effects are an extension of everything else he's doing in this movie because I, i'm not going to say that he's competent with after effects he just really likes using it to the point where it's like it's like his cat is just sitting on his keyboard and every special effect that you could possibly add on top of a, a <laughs> digital film is is just happening all at once it's it's eye cancer my eyes are just fucking glazed over from this shit um but yeah i, I didn't get the murder stuff at all either it didn't make much sense to me steve I, i've got to correct you. you you did say that strango's seventh wife was a horror or something but but in fact uh, strango has only had four wives as illustrated by his, i'm sorry his, it was an exaggeration his fancy and was nursery it? rhyme uh, strango strango had three wives killed them with a butcher knife you, you would think you would go with butcher knives but uh Mm -hmm. Wife number one of them was a Trump supporter, and that's why he murdered her, right? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, and, and wife number four played him like a harp, put Strango in a coma with hate in his heart. Strango, Strango had mm. four wives. The last one lived, but the other ones died. That's the plot in a nutshell, mm. I suppose. You know, she the last one, she's alive, but is she truly living? Uh <laughs> well, I mean, she won the lotto and, and yeah, yeah, that's I think she's doing all right. She seems oh, to have like a it, it, Inheritance okay, so, Is she the one with the sister who is actually um, 
Oh, <laughs> a trans I'm, woman. I'm a tra- <laughs> this is this is good too because now we get to get into the politics of Strango. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean Strango is anti-pedophile? Yeah, it's a strong. Stance. This is okay. So I, I mentioned that it's like it's like a third stock footage, third horror, a third stand-up, and there's actually like narratively it kind of moves in in three groupings. So. We have our weird introduction to Strango in the very beginning, and it's just like super manic, just things flying out of the screen at you. It kind of sets him up. Then we get into the murdery stuff, and not that this movie is finding a rhythm or anything, but there's a little bit of consistency there. And then finally, in the last 30 minutes, we get to what I would guess is like the essence of the story, but it's actually the beginning because things aren't, like chronological that's not linear um but strango is he seems to be like the ceo or uh, something president of this company and it's literally called like the lawrence strangio super company and he's got a giant like skyscraper with his fucking name on it and at, at this point he has left his fourth wife not seventh fourth wife who is I don't you have you ever been to like a bar in rural Wisconsin and there's just a lady smoking like Pall Mall lights? Hey, this is Michigan, thank you at very the much. Bar? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But she's just got like just you know she she's a grizzly lady. There's some grizzly murders in this movie, but she's a very grizzly woman. And he's just like, Oh baby, you're so hot and perfect. She's like, Yeah, I know. It's like she reminds me of uh, the, the uh, sheriff in uh, Clark County. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit of that. A little bit of that going. So, I don't know. This is probably like Erwin Douglas's neighbor or something. Um, but anyway, that aside, he is mad at her because she quit her job. So, he runs off with her sister. And he is, again, he is a very wealthy man, clearly. No, no, clearly. he's not. He, is he? He's lost everything by this point. No, no, no. He hasn't lost anything See, at this I point. I think you're this wrong. Is when I, he's, I think he's... No, not, he's in the fucking company. He's got... He's, he's in a skyscraper with his fucking name on it. See, now this, this is where things get real muddled for me because the time frame is that he, he was a CEO and then he became a, a children's clown performer and murdered a bunch of women who wanted to have sex with him instead of paying him. And then yeah, he yeah. became a comic for the dark web. And... <laughs> And then I think at that point is where we're at in this story. He's he's a comic but for the dark why, web. Why does he have the Lawrence Strangio fucking, fucking tower? Zero idea why he has the the building. What he all of a and sudden he's goes to the island? Like, Yo, baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring home the Dom Perignon and the Henny. Like that's what he talks about. Yeah, he's got money. It makes no and then, sense. And he's like, no. And and then he calls the sister, and he's mad because she can't cook or something. And she's like, oh, a letter came for you from your sister. Actually, she doesn't have a voice because the sister that he runs away with is played by stock footage. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a but striking the, resemblance the to the sister, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no resemblance at all. Not even the same ethnicity. <laughs> no, she's not. She's, she's like an African-American woman and who's, who looks like she's like 22. And then yeah. the, his fourth wife is like, 
a grizzled white woman who is somewhere between the age of like 40 and 85, but she smoked so much you can't fucking tell at this point. Yeah, this poor Anyways. sister was just like signed on to do like a fucking commercial for a condo or something. And all of a sudden she's in Strangle yeah. the Clown. I know. I almost want to like call these people and be like, do you know what you've been licensed for? Do you know what you're a part of? And this is where, I mean, this movie has been off the rails the whole time, but we're finding entirely new rails to, to fly off of. He he calls the wife and through this one side of conversation or not the wife, the sister, fuck me. <laughs> through the one side of conversation, we learn that a letter has arrived from his estranged wife, okay? And he goes, Yeah, baby, it's in the library. Cause he lives in a mansion, because he's rich, but he's not, because he's a clown and he killed I don't fucking know. Yeah. He goes home and he reads the letter in the, the with the backdrop of the fancy library, drinking fucking fancy liquor. And he says, uh, and the letter says in, in the voice of the grizzly lady, Dear former husband, I just want you to know that the reason I quit my job is because I won the lottery and now I'm going to keep the 10 million for myself. <laughs> also, my sister. And Ramsey, and, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> my sister actually has a penis. So the joke's on you. Because this is another thing, too. He's like, Damn, I ran away with her sister, but she won't have sex with me. What? Okay, and then it's because the reveal is that the sister is is a trans woman, and he is deeply upset. So here, and again, we have the, the politics of Strango, where it's like, like aggressively anti-Catholic, anti-pedophile, <laughs> to the point where there's multiple scenes in the movie where like Catholic memes just pop up, and it's just like, yo, Pope's be diddling, and then flies off the screen. <laughs> so, aggressively anti-pedophile, he murders his third wife because she has a MAGA hat. Okay, cool. Whatever. And now he's just like, damn, I hate penises, I'm gonna kill her! And then, but but then he, he meets up with the wife and, and his his now ex-wife cut off the penis of her sister. Which gave me the first genuine laugh in the film, which I hate, <laughs> yeah. by the way, but just the image yeah. of this, a like... rubber dick? That's the only <laughs> thing he spent money on? Like, he didn't, he didn't spend a fucking dime. He licensed some cheap stock footage. He had some photo backdrops. He bought a clown wig and a, and a red nose. He got his neighbor to come over and pretend to be his sexy wife. And then he spent $500 on a rubber penis. Like a very, like... <laughs> and then the boing boing sound. <laughs> the boing boing! <laughs> As it bounces across the table. I mean, boing, I suppose boing, that the, the fucking licensing couldn't have been cheap, although I'm sure he didn't license it for this sort of no. use. I mean, that I don't even no, know how one absolutely. would go about licensing, like, commercial footage for a feature film. Yeah. And then the, the other thing, this cannot be understood. Okay, so... The scene where it is revealed that his estranged wife cut off the sister's penis, that takes place in, like, a weird across-the-table confrontation where they're dressed like they're at the fucking party and eyes wide shut. Like, they got the masks and shit. And I don't know why that occurs either, because the only thing... Strango's like, damn, I knew this would be a stupid mask thing or something like that. And you're like, what? When did... Why are you all wearing masks? What? <sighs> I I don't know. Also, who's who's Gilly Guts? 
The, the, who the fuck is Gilly Guts? No, no one There's knows. There's a colon, the Chronicles of Gilly Guts. There's no Gilly Guts in here. Maybe Gilly Guts is the like his stage name in real life or something. I don't fucking know. Cause I feel like he's like a failed stand-up who just wanted to record a special so he has a real... See, I don't even think he's a failed stand-up. I think he's like a local or stand-up. Yeah, I think he's yeah. just like a guy... It's like an open mic. They don't deny him open mic slots. He's got enough like stage presence that they're like, yeah, sure, Irwin, have at it. But he's not like making real money at it. But he's like... He's got the feel of one of those um, like old shitty 80s comedians going on. But uh, Yeah. He also stole like 90% of his material. Oh, I'd imagine. Oh, so. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all. I mean, it's kind of like the stock footage he uses, except he wasn't able to pay for the license to steal some hacky jokes from Sam Kinison in 1987. <laughs> I I don't know. The, the, the chronological confusion here is is strong because... Again, I, I think this I don't think this movie's told out of chronological order. I think it's told in chronological order from his prison cell. But again, it it makes zero fucking sense that all of a sudden he just like absconds from his uh, life as a, a poor Internet clown uh, to back to the Strangio building, which was from like fucking I, decades, like decades ago in his life, you would think because. <laughs> That's the other thing that makes no sense is he kills his third wife because she's a MAGA and uh, and then the fourth wife, they, they keep talking about how they've been together for like eight years or something. I'm like, where the fuck is this movie taking place? You know, it's Doesn't taking place at current times because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. COVID. So <laughs> COVID that's what is this film is. <laughs> yeah. Is this and Borat 2 the only the first two feature films to talk about and discuss COVID-19? You know, I was thinking about that, and there's actually, um, this is, it's streaming on Amazon, I believe, but there's a movie called, like, COVID Zombies or something that came out last month. So, there, there is a whole subgenre of COVID cinema that exists out there, but, I mean, the, these are two of the big ones in my mind, Borat and Strango. Well, this is the most uh, pure COVID film, because it's certainly filmed in isolation. Yo, 100%. This guy, he's got real COVID brain going. He hasn't had any human interaction for too long. He's losing his fucking mind. And, oh, my God. The COVID thing actually made me laugh, like, really hard, though. Because you could tell that, like, okay, there's one character. He's got this weird stock footage thing going. He doesn't have any money. So there's all these things where you're like, this is clearly shot in 2020 in quarantine. Like, it's very obvious. But then when he gets to the COVID part, he's just like, and then COVID hit. Damn. And he just puts on a mask and looks sad. <laughs> that, that's oh, the, there's so much whiplash in this thing, too. And that's kind of what makes it interesting and a little beautiful thing. Uh, is the, these fucking horrible stand-up sets he's doing where he's just like, I don't know. It's just like uh, 30 rapid-fire jokes about like pre-stiddling children. And then he keeps going like, between every joke and then yeah because he murders people yeah all of a sudden he uh fucking it cuts to, like him talking like about black lives matter for some reason except he's not he's just telling oh, priest jokes and then all of a sudden it's like scrolling like the fucking memorial for george floyd in the background it's like what what in yeah. the fuck no no that that's great because yeah that's it, 
that's literally what it is. He's like the punchline of his joke was like, and then John Paul II pooped in my pussy. And then all of a sudden it's just the list. And it's just like Armand Army, uh, fucking George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. And you're just like, what just happened? It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's, it does have these moments like that where it becomes so inept that you just, you have to laugh at it. But it's bad. None of this stuff is like the stand up stuff is some of the most painful shit I have sat through on this podcast. It's the fucking worst. Full stop. Just and, and each set, there's there's two separate sets and each one is like a solid 15 minutes of these terrible, terrible jokes. And after the first like 90 seconds, you're like, OK, well, this is going to be done. He's going to cut away from this. And he never does. No, it's awful. Yeah, I, the I don't even think it's worst the worst stand-up part. I have ever witnessed. I mean, I'd rather watch his, yeah. his fucking painful stand-up. The, the the fucking the found footage style murder stuff was where I was like, why is this in the fucking oh. movie? Like, what the fuck? And that's just it. There's there's these little moments where you you just crack up. Like, there's two or three things that I was just fuck like the penis and and the 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 weird like Black Lives Matter aside that comes out of nowhere, total non sequitur. Like that shit, I laughed at, but. Overall, it's just constantly changing its its tone and its look and its genre. It's constantly, constantly changing. And each time it changes, it finds a new way to be the worst fucking shit I've ever seen. So, <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm that hard on it. Uh, it's just fucking insane. Like, it is just baffling. I guess it kept me guessing enough and the third act is just so fucking yeah. bizarre that it's just kind of it, it compelling. does keep you guessing like the way that this How whole am I third going act, to hate this next the way that the whole third act is just this it's literally like a fucking commercial that this model film for something or other that is is now floating around as a purchasable stock footage and it's just intercut with this whole russian roulette fucking I, it's madness. It's the most insane thing I've seen in, in a long while. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, this movie has a lot of problems and it's not, it's not successfully interesting for the bulk of it, but it is at times you're like, whoa, <laughs> this, well, is, and this it's, is something. It's only a, the runtime is fairly short and yeah, it's a solid night. <laughs> But it felt like three hours. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's a running theme with this episode, I feel. Uh, oh, God, yeah. And again, oh, the stand-up man, that fucking God. I want to have nightmares about that shit. I kind of want to I want to read his bio before we move on to this because it, it amuses me because I, it, it's nonsense. I'm like, well, who is this guy? Is he like a stand-up? Is he going to have any like local? Because it is Michigan. I'm like, well, maybe he's I'm trying to figure out where this was shot. Midwest where he's strikes like, again. Yeah, yeah. So his his bio and I try to find this show that he cites. It's obviously public access if it exists, but it, I can't find it, unfortunately. Uh, it is, Irwin learned editing from his teacher, Lou Lee, at uh, esteemed institute Comcast Cable Company in the early 90s, <laughs> uh, where he became the host of a local cable show called The Pimp Institute Show. He hosted the show for 15 <laughs> years, also assisted in the editing, sound, and lighting, one episode he did an interview with the late rapper Tupac Shakur during his digital underground days. He's done many short films, uh, certainly none of which Humpty are dance. listed in any fashion on IMDb or searchable on the internet. 
Uh, but the Tales of Strangle the Clown is his first full-length movie he's directed, written, and edited. Hmm. He's got a great website too. Um, the the website, I I think it like as a as a paratext for the film itself, they really go hand in hand. They're they're great together. Um, he he's got, as Spyros pointed out, he's got four tabs at the top of his uh like little Wix website. And I know he uses Wix because it's got the the banner at the top still that says this site was designed with Wix.com website builder. Um, but he's got he's got four tabs and one says home one says shop one says blog and one says blank page uh in case you were wondering blank page is in fact a blank page if you click on it just <laughs> just you know want everybody to know that um and he's got one blog post uh my top 10 horror movie picks for halloween one house of a thousand corpses two no one lives three texas chainsaw massacre remake Four, Hostel. Five, Frontier, 2007. I think it's Frontiers. Yes, with yes, S. it is. Yes. Uh, six, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Seven, Identity. Uh, eight, Revenge, 2018. Great movie. Good choice. Uh, nine, High Tension. Ten, The Purge. That's it. Nothing else. That's that's the blog. Yeah, no, no uh, descriptions. That was in 2018. Nope, nope. That was 2018 he put that in. There is a shop, although... I was going to do all my Christmas shopping for <laughs> you and, and Coleman here, but it, it turns out that everything is out of stock. So <clears throat> the Brianna Del Rio, which is his fourth wife, the the grisly Midwestern woman, uh, there's a pillow of her and it says the tales of Strango the Clown. That is sold out. There is a Strango the Clown film poster pillow also sold out. So you, this would have been great because Coleman, I know you just moved into an apartment not too long ago. Uh, two throw pillows on the couch. Can you imagine how great that would have looked? <laughs> I'm very disappointed. I'm crushed. Uh, there is a, a like, like a little travel mug with Strango the Clown on it. Sold out. Strango the Clown mask. See now, that's the one I'm really, I really wish was was out there. I think I'd purchase the thing today. Yeah, as would I. You gotta uh, head it, to it the store. The seller. pandemic wearing that. You, you're fucking pulling it in. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and then there's a poster, which was on sale, but is now sold out as well. Everything's sold out. Very sad. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully they restock soon. The holidays are coming, so I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, so I don't... I don't know, man. There's, I feel like we've not even done this thing justice as far as, like, trying to describe no. what is happening here because this is you can't you can't yeah. do it it's impossible you could watch the trailer you could listen to this fucking podcast you could you watch it you still don't know what the fuck you're watching no it's just horrible and inexplicable it's so fucking weird and terrible <laughs> it's deeply upsetting for me well on the plus side I can't deal with it on the plus side Irwin has has closed his film by promising uh the continuing chronicles of Gilly Guts here with the uh, with the forthcoming uh, film Gilly Guts Bluff. So we have that to look forward to. Oh, that's good. Can't Perhaps wait. Perhaps this time I mean, we'll maybe, find maybe out we... who the fuck Gilly Guts is. Yeah, we'll finally learn. So I'm hoping that yeah he he completes the movie. I hope he's got enough uh, stock footage to to finish that up, the Gilly Guts two, and then we can maybe kick off our season two with uh, little Gilly Guts. Who knows? What if we're, what if it's like shockingly high budget and he hired Kristen Wiig to reprise her Gilly character and he just <laughs> takes her guts out? <laughs> he just slices her open. And Sorry. Yeah, he spent all the money on Kristen Wiig and pig entrails. 
That's all you need. Oh, my God. Um, okay. We're putting the gilly guts to bed for now. We got to move on. Myros, what movie did you choose? Uh, see, I almost went blind here. I, I chose a film called uh, Vanished from uh, 2014, mm. I believe. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I did this. Thank you for specifying, by the way. There's about 9,000 movies on Amazon Prime called Vanished. So, Well, that's, that's a common uh, Jeff Stenzel trope, apparently, right? Yeah, that, I picked this as uh, those of you who've listened to the last episode of the Opcast with uh, Unhinged uh, will know uh, that we, we went down a bit of a rabbit hole around this fellow named Jeff Stenzel who, who had allegedly directed a movie called Unhinged, but uh, probably was just committing fraud. Um, and <laughs> and the, one of the two projects uh, that he was even remotely connected with that I could verify existed uh, was Vanished. And he's, he's one mm -hmm. of about uh, 85 listed associate producers on this. So it's not like uh, it's his brainchild yeah. or anything, but... That's what yeah. brought me here, and I, I watched the trailer, and I said, boy, that looks impossibly white and boring. Uh, it may be a loss, but I, I got to keep following this narrative down the, down the hole here. So uh, we went with Vanished, and uh, boy, it's, it's a big slice of nothing, that's for sure. Yeah, thank you for choosing, like, the, the film equivalent of a mayonnaise sandwich. It's really great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Um... I don't know. I guess the best way to describe it would be it's like your standard issue Lifetime movie, but with no money and just a lot of Protestant energy just flowing through. Although, maybe Protestant isn't the right word. Maybe it's more like just contemporary non-denominational because there's some fucking in this movie. Some out of wedlock fucking. Am I right? I would say it's maybe, maybe a little Lutheran. Little, little Lutheran, <laughs> playing a little fast and loose with things. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's the story of this annoying married couple. Yeah, yeah, uh, real horrible people. Uh, suburban waste. Yeah. Uh, also, we can we can curse the Midwest again as we've been doing this entire season because. I believe this movie was made in Indiana. Yes, that's There's correct. Numerous Indiana references to Terry Hot, Indiana, which I've never been to, but sounds terrible. Home Coleman, of, you ever uh, been there? Notre Dame. Notre oh, Dame. Notre... That's good. Oh, wait, that's, that's not good. accurate. Is it? Jesus. No, sorry, yeah. South Bend. South Bend. Sorry, no. I take that back. Indiana no. State is in Terrell. Indiana State. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you, you're getting, sorry, you're getting Buttigieg Town mixed up with uh, Terry Hot. Have you been to Terry Hill? I've never been there. It's, it really sounds no, terrible. I, I lived in Indiana for one year. I never went anywhere. <laughs> Good choice. I like how you're terrible pronouncing state. this, by the way. I think it's uh, like Terra Hot or something. Like not Terra Hot. Like Terry Hot. Terry Hot. Terry Hot. <laughs> Terry Hot is my. Hot. Uh, he works at my the counter at my deli. See, yeah, it's an, it's an homage to the deli man. So. Yeah, okay, so the, it's about this this terrible couple, and they have too many fucking children, and the wife who we're supposed to sympathize with, I believe? I guess, just because she's like nouveau fat, and I'm like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> That's like her whole arc. Well, I, I've gotten fat after childbirth, so everyone hates me. I'm like, well. Yeah. She and, likes to tell everyone and, that. And nobody does. Like, nobody gives a fuck yeah, about no. her. 
like wait it's super weird because and she brings it up like there's a lot of just just sad maybe this is a character trait that's you know on purpose but everyone's just like hey you look great she's like no i'm a giant pig i eat from a trough now and you're like chill out you're fine you look great just fucking go with it you had three kids who gives a fuck i mean i can relate to the fact Uh, that she's like boy i gotta get in shape what do you want for dinner tonight kids double pizza it's like well yeah I'm, I'm living that <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Same. It's like, oh, what's for lunch? Well, I got a five-pound bag of gummy bears, and they're not eating themselves. It's me every fucking day. What do you? What do you wear sweatpants every day? It's like, who, there's no like checks and balances on your fucking waist. You know, it's just you're free to expand in any direction here. It's great. No one's telling me what to do. Well, this is not a COVID uh, film. So, uh, you know, back in 2014, no, not, we not. were really worried about our waistlines a lot more. You know, priorities have changed. Yeah, that was before, like, Melissa McCarthy really took off. And it was, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't safe to be a, a larger woman in film at that point. Uh, no, it's fucking stupid. She looks she's not even like that big of a of a woman you know it's just whatever it's just fucking weird they call it out constantly it's very strange but anyway she takes a little only she does though nobody else does nobody does nobody else does and in fact people compliment her frequently and she just can't take it so she decides one day she goes up to her like generically handsome husband she's just like honey i want to go buy trinkets at the yard sale and he's just like I gotta, I gotta work. You gotta, you got the fucking kids. Like, well, I can't watch the fucking kids. She's like, but I want my trinkets. Okay. All right. Well, I guess you gotta take the kids. She's like, hey. So she goes, and then she goes to this like garage sale, and she immediately shows up, and there's like a bucket of toys, and she's got three small children. Okay, all under five, as far as I could tell. No, what I'm, I think the one who gets taken is nine. I think it's three, five, and nine. nine. Okay, three, five, and nine. Great. Still young. So she just plops them down next to like a bucket of fucking sand or something. She's like, okay, nine-year-old, you're in charge. Don't let anything bad happen while I fucking abandon you to look at, I don't know, window treatments, fucking textiles. Tchotchkes. I don't know. Tchotchke. A lot of tchotchkes. Hope there's some precious moments here. I love those. I live in Indiana. So she's <laughs> she's fucking just digging through the, the tchotchkes and then some guy with the worst hairline I've ever seen on a human being. He <laughs> <laughs> just comes up to her and he's just like, oh, hey, remember me? It's fucking the guy from high school that you didn't talk to because you, you were sexy and a model. And she's like, oh, I don't remember you, but maybe I do, but I don't. And then... He's just weird, and he keeps telling her how pretty she is, and she's like, "No, oink oink! I just say oink now. I hate myself." <laughs> and then she goes back to pick up the children that she abandoned. And wouldn't she know one of them was fucking missing? Who saw that coming? Not me. Well, like I know the the other children are three and five, but yeah, at least the five year old really dropped the ball here. Yeah. She's a real fucking dumbass, honestly. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> this, this is just one of those like instances that I can't relate to because being a child of a, a latchkey kid in the fucking 80s and early 90s, it's like, well, that's not abnormal. I, my parents do that shit all no. the goddamn time. <laughs> I was never fucking abducted. I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I was consi- just constantly just dumped it alone 
everywhere. Yeah. I get that. But also the fact that they just play up this whole thing and then the way she just unceremoniously just dumps them in a corner. It's just so fucking weird. And then, yeah, so the, the kid gets kidnapped and wouldn't you know, they can't, they can't find the kid anywhere. Uh, weeks go by and <laughs> we're not, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a mystery who abducts her because anytime they show the little girl and the abductor, the, the, the guy who abducted, who is clearly the dude that she went to high school with. Like, it, there's no fucking question at any point, but they still try and hide it. And they give him, like, the Dr. Claw voice from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> so he's just like, he, like, grabs the girl. And he's just like, okay, you little shit. You're going to call me daddy. Shit. And then, <laughs> I don't know, because he's got this plot to kidnap What is his child. plot exactly? <laughs> It's yeah. okay. What's the uh, end game for this well, guy? I, I guess in the end we learn that he's crazy, but his his idea is that by kidnapping the child and making her think or, or say that they're that he's her dad, that he can break up the marriage and then marry the girl that he wanted to bang in high school, who is now at a level of obtainable for him. So is he going to like kill all I three of the know. kids or what? Because, I mean, how does he get out of that uh, portion of it? Yeah. Well, that's the problem. And then we get towards the final, like the last like 20 or so minutes of this movie, maybe last 30 minutes. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you got to meet my other kids. And he's just like, oh, man, they're going to know because I stole their fucking sister. And that's how he gets found out. But the fact that he's conscious of the fact that they're going to fucking know, he can't be that crazy. But let's let's back up just a little bit, though, because okay, okay. she and the husband, they get divorced because of the stress of, you know, one of their children being abducted. Mm -hmm. And to make ends meet, she bumps into this guy again mm -hmm. and they decide to just be roommates, even though they've only known each other. They've only gone out for dinner once. Yeah, so but they fed already... each other chocolate pie. Oh God, that, that seat is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's do this again sometime. Mm -mm. Just like a fucking Marie Calendar, just frozen ass pie, just slopped on a fucking plate, where they're just like shoveling the mud into each other's maws. It's disgusting. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> no, it's fine. So he goes over there for dinner. She says, "Hey, wanna be my roommate?" And they quickly transitioned from just being roommates to fuck buddies. Fuck mates. Well, yep. I, I shouldn't say that. They're just dating. Mm -hmm. And finally, they fuck, and he proposes to her immediately. The Steve, they make love. Arc of that. <laughs> you should have really had another just, chocolate pie just, in that seat, I feel like. Just slathered it around the bed. No, chocolate pie is the next step. They they gotta have regular sex first. Go ahead. Sorry, Cole. I shouldn't keep interrupting you. <laughs> no, I I mean I'm kind of losing the plot, but just the the amount of horrible decisions she's making, and she's supposed to be the sympathetic character of this film, but mm -hmm. she's so fucking like just stupid, and I hate that I actually got so invested in it. Yeah. I um I was I was instantly ready to take away her children. Every time she opened her mouth, I wanted to remove children from her custody. So I sympathize with the dad character the most. Oh yeah. Stand yeah. upstanding guy. The only professional actor in that movie. Oh apparently. yeah, he like cries on cue and shit. He's real. He I can, guess he, he was in the stuff. show 
Army Wives, which I'm oh. not that familiar with. But that's like um, I think that's a, a Lifetime or a Hallmark show. Yeah, he, he played Army. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, babe, I'm calling you from I'm, call, I'm calling you from Talibanville. I just want you to know I killed Osama bin Laden, but I got stabbed in the leg. I don't know if I'm gonna make it back. And then the, the wives they sob together. It's a great show. <laughs> Oh, honey, I'm going to be home soon, baby. Tell the kids I love them. I just got to blow up this school bus in Yemen, and then I'm coming home, girl. Army Wives is great. We should we should watch that. I, I remember seeing, like, the DVD case frequently, and I, the only thing I remember is just the cover is an engagement ring, but instead yeah. of the band being made of gold, it's made out of, like, camouflage. 100% <laughs> Kevlar, baby. Just like our love, it'll never break. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's real. And the other thing that's that's uh, maybe it's not weird, but it's interesting for this kind of movie. The, the cinematography here is shit. Oh. It really looks like someone is just like like there's no steady cam in in the tri-state area, and people are constantly fumbling, and it's it's very shaky, but not in an intentional way. It feels very shoddy, but like it's lit properly. And everything is in focus. Yeah. And the sound is balanced. Yeah, it's overlit uh, often, I would say. It, the beginning is, like, yeah. super jarring with the filming. Like, they were trying to do a bunch of shit. Like, there's... Again, this is 2014, and it feels like they were an early adopter of a drone for a few scenes early, and it's just, like, fucking... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's jostling the camera things. all over town. It, it doesn't mirror like uh, the look of a, a copter shot by any stretch. It just looks stupid as shit. And then they also have this yeah. thing where they're like, and then we put the camera in the mailbox. Won't that be cool? And uh, yeah, then it kind of settles down into just like this horrifically framed uh, thing. It's it's an anamorphic widescreen for some reason. And uh <laughs> Everyone is is cut off. The top of everyone's head is cut off the entire movie. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if they just like didn't film it in this aspect ratio and, and just like we're like, well, we got to make it look like a real movie, guys. Uh, so I, I can't figure out exactly what they were doing with the cinematography here. I, I hated it a lot. And there's so many like obscene close ups and it's just it's filmed very poorly. But um yeah, I mean it's it's not uh, the avant-garde madness of uh, Strango, that's for sure. No. It's just it's just <laughs> wallpaper paste. Yeah. This is wallpaper yeah, paste uh, the movie structure. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, as far as conventional things that we've watched. It and you are right. It looks like absolute shit, but it's still like upper tier as far as caustic content goes in terms of production quality and consistency. Because that's the other thing too is like after the first 10 minutes or so, it really does kind of settle into a groove and it looks and sounds consistently not good, but not bad for its entire runtime. So that's something. Yeah, I guess I, I feel like the only, it sounds like there was some investment in the plot inexplicably to me. Cause I felt like this movie was, it, it just felt like it was literally, I was, I felt like I was watching it for an entire day. I'm like, good God, could this fucking thing wrap mm. the fuck up? But it's the, the only moment of amusement I got is when she found out the, the, uh, kidnapper here when, when Chuck was revealed to be the kidnapper and she storms into his room to, to go through his stuff and finds, 
a, a shirt with the missing daughter's name on it. <laughs> It's <laughs> like a, Oops, left that a white around. shirt that says Kimberly. I'm like, what? The, mm. the character was never wearing this item. What is this fucking thing? <laughs> I, speaking of shirts, I want the shirts that they were wearing when they were searching for her. <laughs> it just says like, lost child! Exclamation point, a picture of her on it. <laughs> Go ahead, Colin, sorry. And there's like a really brief reveal that the She's not even the biological daughter, yeah, of the main character, yeah, which is quickly brought up and then just never brought up again. Yeah, it's like not her that stepdaughter, it needs to be. which yeah, is stepdaughter. yeah, and that's weird too because it, it is that trying to set up like a red herring, like like oh maybe it was the you know uh, the the wife of the like the first wife or the mother of the the husband's child or something that took her i don't know but if, if it's trying to set up that misdirection it doesn't do anything with it it just sort of pays lips it's just like oh yeah and this but then it doesn't it doesn't impact the plot at all well so why tell yeah, us you'd that? have to get rid of the scenes in the car with with old daddy there uh because you immediately know the gender of the the kidnapper right and uh Again, this this suffers from the same thing we we did talk about quite a bit in the unhinged cast is if you're trying to do a whodunit and you don't introduce any other characters that could possibly have done it, then you're immediately like, oh, yeah, well, that guy, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee, I wonder who Dr. Claw is. How about the only other character that we've seen? Yeah. <laughs> also, the, the dad character in this, the only real actor, I think, was he asked to just, like, literally bring his own car? Because for some reason, even though they live in this, like, normal, like, suburban middle-class neighborhood like they're they're not shown as having any degree of wealth really when his daughter is kidnapped there's this scene where he like rolls up to the garage sale and there's police tape and shit and he rolls up in like a bright neon yellow maserati or something <laughs> i think it's a vet <laughs> okay but it's just like it's super jarring because you, you're like what what the fuck is that should he be driving like a subaru i don't know <laughs> a volvo yeah, that's why it's <laughs> no hard for me uh, to sympathize with that guy, too. Because I I will say, why is he tooling around in this sports car? And uh, I just don't like the yeah, way he looks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I will he looks, say. He looks like Dennis from Always Sunny. I will say. <laughs> don't one, like the cut of one his One correction kid. is that when, when the mother was going to uh, buy her trinkets and uh, the daughter was kidnapped. I gotta have the trinkets! <laughs> the, the dad was, in fact, not working. Uh, she asked him to watch the kids, and he was like, "No, I made plans." And then uh, yeah. that was the end of that. And so, so he made plans. Yeah. So theoretically, you would think that when they're mining this whole thing for drama, that the wife would be like, "Hey, fuck you, man! You you could have been watching the kids." But there's no real argument. He just is like, "You're a terrible piece of fat shit, fatty. Uh, you, you lost my kids, and you ate a cow." Yeah, and, and then she's like, "Yeah, she's like, yeah, I am. I but, did." But, I'm sorry. But at the same time, <laughs> mommy want trinkets. Mommy gotta have it. Like, yeah, no, she's she never, not sympathetic she either. From her trinket stands. It's just that both of no, them are pieces sucks. of shit who uh, conspired to have their children kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, they just like these are people where like, if I knew who they were as people, and then I saw them in the real world, I would just steal their children on principle. They they don't deserve kids at this point. Well, then you're so, stuck with a kid, I, though. I, you know. Oh God! Yeah. No, I'll just give it to Doctor. With these Claw. beefy Midwest genetics of these these parents too. 
Oh God. <laughs> I love I love how everybody looks in this movie. Everyone's even the cop at the end. Where does he get his haircut? I need to go there. Just I like uh, that is just like that is amazing what, too. Fucking, what's a level below supercuts? Fucking <laughs> detective. Uh, he's not exactly pulling a Sherlock Holmes on this thing because after the fucking guy is caught, found dead, they know who he is. They know his name. They've been through his letters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. They can't figure out who his fucking mother is and and visitor to see. <laughs> Oh, we, we better not no, check with any it. relatives of this maniac. It's like, no, 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 she's dead. And it's it's only through a the power of a magic chain letters that the daughter is, in fact, found alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, I guess pretty much this movie, it's, it's not good. It's bad. It's boring as fuck. Yes. It doesn't go anywhere. It really does feel like it, it was created as like a Hallmark or, or Lifetime movie. I guess probably as a Hallmark movie because Hallmark is usually a step below Lifetime in terms of quality. Um, but it didn't even hit that quality bar for Hallmark. So it's just like, it, it just kind of missed. Yeah, no, this couldn't air on so television. If you want, yeah, this would be an no, embarrassing thing to air not. on television. Absolutely. But it's close. It's closer than most. I shouldn't say it's close. It's closer than most things we oh, watch. Oh, certainly. Almost certainly. everything we watch. I, I yeah. said when, when I was watching it, I, I texted you that it was... A, it was a slightly shittier version of the uh, the fucking autism shoes movie that you you brought to the table. It's called The Open Door, <laughs> and it stars the host of Supermarket Sweep. Thank I think you. that's why that movie's slightly better uh, is just because of Supermarket Sweep guy. Because this this does not have. I'll say that Army Wives guy is no Supermarket Sweep guy. You know, Myros, I want to tell you uh, just as a quick aside before we we uh, get to the the final sprint of this podcast. I was on another podcast and somebody mentioned the host of Supermarket Sweep and they're like, I wonder what he's up to. And I got to say, well, actually, I know exactly what he's up to. (laughs) It's acting in low rent uh, fucking Christian cinema. That's good. So I'm I'm, I'm getting the plugs in for cost of content everywhere that I can. So (laughs) and for uh, salty earth productions (laughs) based out of whatever shit eagle wisconsin or i don't even know where it's based out of some fort atkinson fort atkinson this production company might even have a more egregious name than salty earth uh dreams come true films i'm like all right i'm just gonna go in the corner here and vomit Hmm. dreams come true making the dreams come true baby all right miles well before we get into our voting as you know we like to look at people who may have different opinions than we do about these films so let's try and find some some reviews of strango and vanish that maybe take a different perspective and and see the movie in a way that we were just unable to so i'm gonna start with strango uh wouldn't you know i had a bit of trouble finding uh, a good strango review now there is one four-star review from someone named jersey joe Although, I suspect... That sounds like the type of guy who would like that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, this clown, he like, uh, he's mad at society. I get it. I like it. Okay. That's a little more like Brooklyn than Jersey. Well, what, you know, it's, it's because Erwin Douglas used to be like carrying on the spirit of uh, Andrew Dice Clay that Jersey Joe really loves. Yeah. Or maybe Joe Piscopo. Speaking yeah, of that's Joe. fair. Yeah. Maybe it is Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Piscopo. Uh, Hickory yeah, Dickory Dock. 
I'm a clown and the Pope touches cock. Wow. I'm a kid. Bada boom. Boom boom. I like pills. Shabam. Okay. Uh, no, I, I think Jersey Joe is actually... I, I think it's just, just the Strango guy. I think it's Edwin. Well, I will say he it, says, it is, this review does appear on both versions that were uploaded to Amazon. So you, you, exactly. you might be honest. <laughs> that's that's where I'm, I'm getting at here because there's no fucking way. What, Jersey Joe? And he doesn't... This is good too because I guarantee you Edwin wrote this review, but he only gave it four stars. Even his director's Irwin, cut. He's like, nah, not Irwin. quite there yet. Irwin. Irwin R. Scheister. Okay. So, uh, this movie is amazing. That's the title. He says, great storyline. All right. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, the stand-up part of the movie was pretty vulgar, but funny. I mean, that's 50% correct, I guess. A very quirky, but solid piece of horror for Halloween killer clown lovers. This is a Christmas movie. It's not a, there's no Halloween in here, is there? We got the dark web. We got murder. We got Christmas. I, I, there's no fucking Halloween. No, no I don't know. No. Now, if we go over to Letterboxd, this is where shit really pops off. Okay. <laughs> so from Teddy HH, we get another four star review. <clears throat> when I watched this movie, I understand everything Strango said because I tapped into my dark side even before this. I learned to converse with him. Early on in the film, when I was laughing, I heard a deep satanic voice laughing with me, and I turned to the side. The devil was sitting next to me, and he passed me a hell blunt and said, smoke this motherfucker. One hit had me. <laughs> Which, th this, this is clearly, it's got to be a fucking joke review, but it's primo content. That's like the perfect embodiment of a person that I would think would actually give this four stars. But uh, So shout out Teddy HH, you're doing the Lord's work. We love that. Over on the Vanish side, a lot of positivity for this, Myros. Well, yeah, because it's part of an elaborate ring of IMDB fraud, and you know, I'm sure all these producers yeah. are fucking upvoting their own shit. Yeah. So, uh, first review is from Jackie Weiler, who has a it's like a a profile picture with a like a pixel pixelated lady holding a cat. Um, she says, "I love this movie." That's the title. I think it embodies how situations like this really tear people and families apart. Yeah, don't you hate when your kid gets fucking abducted by a psychopath? <laughs> and you really have no idea who strangers really are. I think the ending was great, and plot twists were too. What twists are we getting at? The acting was okay, but simple is better, less is more. It leaves you to imagine it in your own way. I love Richard Bryant in this. He was fantastic on Arby Wives. And now to see him as a husband and father in this makes me so happy. He did such a great job. The absolute reality of a child who is missing is basically this. <laughs> okay. You are stressed, worried, anxious, terrorized, angry, mad, suspicious, worried, everything you can't describe. Aren't those descriptors that you just listed? Yeah. Also, was your child abducted, Jackie? Are you okay? <laughs> Do you need to talk to someone? No, this is just what the fat pasty Midwest does. They sit around in their suburban houses, fucking rubbing their hands together, going, oh, the maniacs are after my children. As if anyone gives a shit about your pig children, you motherfuckers. <laughs> well, okay, so what this couple is going through is very well. I think most of these low ratings... Myro, she's coming for you. I think most of these low ratings are because this doesn't involve all the fancy technology of movies today, which makes oh. things unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? 
So she thinks that people didn't like this because it's not like fucking Age of Ultron or some <laughs> shit. We don't have CGI. The emotions of every character are real. Things like this drive people apart. Marriage is apart. Insecurity is brewing. And then maybe when you get a phone call about your child, even many years later, it never ends because you wonder what happened. What is that fucking sentence? That's not a sentence. What could I have done? Everything racks your brain. Very well done acting. Keep encouraging young actors and actresses to get a hold of those real raw emotions. Less is more, believe me. And this movie has a lot less than most. But more <laughs> of the important things that most don't. There's a good, the great fucking bard over here, Shakespeare. Just well, you know, this shit. This, this certainly does have a lot less than most. I'll grant that that's an accurate statement. All right. Well, we got another five-star review from Debbie E. She says, uh, get the Kleenex. Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> uh, this film reminded me, get the, cause you're going to jerk off to the <laughs> Protestant sex scenes. This film reminded me that life can change very quickly. Always watch your children. Do not trust no one. More than not, the person that does things are the ones, you know, no more stranger danger. It's watch out for everyone. This is the paranoia. Right here. <laughs> it's sad, but true. My heart broke for the mom. Because it seemed the dad just dumped on her. <laughs> but he's the one who didn't want to drop his day for his kids. Moms need break twos, dads. Gotta have my church kids! <laughs> and then there's like two exclamation points and a uh, like a, a winky face emoji. But the actors were great. I hated the last part, I won't say. But it upset me. I can't say. Because it will spoil it. But just watch. You will new woo what part I mean. And then for some reason, there's the, the drooling sleep guy emoji <laughs> at the end, which is actually a great way to describe this movie. So what part uh, and, does, and I couldn't does find it be? on Letterboxd. Um, I, I don't. I don't the know. Grandma, I'm not sure. Grandma? Like, is that the tear jerking I, moment? I, I don't think there's a single jerk to be had here. Like either end of the jerk spectrum. It's not happening. Uh, I, I, the last thing I want to say about this is it is uh, written by Candy J. Beard and co-directed by Candy J. Beard. And uh, my drag queen name is Candy J. Beard. So that <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. <laughs> there you go. Got well, it. Well, Steve, we got to wrap right. this thing right up here. So, I mean, we let's do. make our pitches here. I, I guess my, my only pitch is uh, if you were holding a bad movie night uh, there's only one of these things that I, that I could possibly recommend. If, if you're someone who's into like the strange, the bizarre, the insane, the unbelievable, uh, you might want to check out Strango. Uh, no one on earth outside of like a, your fucking aunt who's just wasting away in, in rural Indiana would want to watch fucking Vanished. Uh, no. This Strango is is undoubtedly a worse thing, but it's also the only one of these I would I would give the label of curiosity. So absolutely no, no. That's my pitch. That's my pitch. My pitch is I could only attack this from one direction because I can't get more bizarre than fucking Strango. So do you want to be <laughs> baffled or do you want to be bored? There are people who would watch Vanished and say this is fine. These people are idiots, but they exist. There is no one on earth that could watch Strango and say, yeah, this is my shit. Unless you like, like there was a kid when I was in like the fifth grade and there was like a, a an old like baby jar that my science teacher had that was full of just pure fucking mercury, which I think is dangerous. But anyways, he, 
uh, like opened it up and then like stuck his finger in it and tried to drink it. That's the kind of person who would fucking love Strango. Uh, it's it's trash. It doesn't make any sense. It's fucking horrible. Fuck it. Strango's a pile of shit. It deserves to be shit on. There is a clear winner in this instance. So, Coleman, last word. What's it going to be here? Oh, man. Um, very compelling cases here, but uh, yeah, I, I can't argue with the fact that Strango is definitely a curiosity. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Vanished is just uh, a mayonnaise sandwich with uh, just a little dash of not interesting scandal. So, fuck it. Not even worth your time. Strango, also not really worth your time, but maybe it's something you can mute and just have on in the background and just try to put the pieces together. That might be more fun. Oh, that oh sounds God. like a victory for the Big Papa. Oh, how did this fucking happen? <laughs> this is... This is... <laughs> No, I was ahead. I was ahead in the <laughs> votes, and now all these other votes are coming in, and they're stealing everything, <laughs> and I had the power of the dark web. I have been robbed, absolutely robbed, sad. Ah, oh, fuck me. Okay, well. So Steve's, <laughs> Steve's got to run here while we do our little wrap-up, probably. We should let him get going. He, you know, he's got a job to do. He's got to help the citizens of Milwaukee in this time of crisis. Uh, but yeah, Sorry, thank guys. you, Coleman, for making a terrible decision. <laughs> oh, thank you, All thank right. you. I, I can't thank you enough. But um, Steve, we we ought to talk about as we wrap up here um, the season two plan because my thought process is let's take a little time and we will relaunch uh, right before uh, Christmas. How about that? We could do maybe we could maybe do a Christmas themed episode. Oh, I like that little holiday spirit. That sounds good yeah, to me. Yeah, so that, that's saying we're going to launch season two on uh, December 23rd. So mark your calendars, people. Uh, it's going to be right. a, a good time, and I'm going to defend my uh, well-earned crown. <laughs> well-earned. I don't know, man. We'll wait, we'll wait for the recount. I got my, my team of lawyers on this. All right. Uh, yeah, if you like the podcast, do us a big favor. Open up the description to this bad boy on your phone or your browser, whatever the fuck you're... you're you know, listen to this on. In that description, there is a link. That link will take you to our iTunes page. Please give us a five-star written review. I'm begging you, do it. it. Helps our visibility. More visible we are, more people that can listen. More people that listen, the more shit that we can do for you, ladies and gentlemen. So five-star written review. You can write whatever you want. Uh, I would recommend writing just Steve was robbed in the first season this is bullshit. That's a great, and then five stars. That's a great way to start. So in addition to that, if you are, uh, you know, if you're doing fine during the pandemic, financially, you got some options. You can make Strango the Clown, or you can support content creators like us. So in the description of this podcast, there is a link to our Patreon page. If you go to that link, uh, if you got a couple bucks to throw our way, be super helpful. Podcasts are fucking expensive, man. Super expensive. Uh, equipment, hosting costs, my mental health, the amount of beer that I drink while I watch these films and do these podcasts, it's its astronomical. So if you could throw us a couple dollars, it'd be super helpful. Uh, otherwise, we just appreciate your support. Thank you for supporting this through the first season. We're excited for the second season. Um, if you'd like to give us some feedback, optimismvaccine at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at optimismvaccine. Uh, Myros will be standing by to respond. 
And, uh, you know, this is part of the Optimism Vaccine Network. So if you're just familiar with cost and content for some reason, you can check out our main podcast, Optimism Vaccine, also available pretty much anywhere. Check that shit out. Uh, Myros, anything else you want to say? Uh, no, no. I, you know, I'm just, I can't, I can't describe how grateful I am for this uh, justice. God. Stop counting the votes! All right. <laughs> Let's end this. <laughs>